next on the OHIO Podcast. Buckeye Boggs previews the Ohio State versus Penn State game. And Penn State fan Kevin Egan joins Buckeye Boggs in the second half to talk about the Nittany Lions and Buckeyes clash this Saturday. And that all starts right now. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? I'm proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OHIO! And welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs, recording live from beautiful North Central Ohio. We are on the uh, eve, pre-eve, pre-eve, eve, eve, I guess you could say, of All Hallows Eve. And I know everybody's out and about being busy getting ready to go trunk-or-treating or or trick-or-treating or... whatever you're going to do for this uh, incredible fall season. And when the little ones get to go out, dress up, and uh, beg for candy, which is why I'm flying solo tonight. Uh, Chris is unable to be with us due to work, and Aaron is out enjoying some family time with his little ones. I hope those guys are dressed up as little Buckeyes. That would be great to find out. And anyways, I'm flying solo for the first part of this show. I'm going to be joined later on by my buddy Kevin Egan, our Penn State fan, who always comes onto the show every year to talk Penn State football with us during different times in the offseason as well as during the season, such as tonight as we preview Ohio State's second road game of the season as they travel to State College to take on the Nittany Kittens. That's right, the Nittany Lions of Penn State. That being said, we're going to jump right into the first half of the show. Now, since Aaron's not going to be with us, I'm not even going to try to attempt to do his part of the show. He's so much better than any of us at breaking down film. And and since he played and coached at a pretty high level, he's able to explain to us the X's and O's better than I ever could. So I'm not even going to try to attempt to do his job tonight. I guess Aaron, if he wanted to, could probably uh, record a little video for us or something and drop that on Facebook if he'd like to, if he has the free time. But we're just going to start off by giving you the by the numbers, Ohio State versus Penn State through the years. Ohio State leads the series over Penn State 22-14 to in the 36-game history. Ohio State has won the last five in a row. 
including last year's win in the shoe, 33-24. Last time Ohio State lost to Penn State, well, that was back in 2016. That was a 24-21 loss. Last meeting in Penn State at State College was two years ago in 2020. Ohio State came away victorious in that game as well, 38-25. Largest margin of victory in the series for Ohio State came in 2013. That was a 63-14 shellacking. Largest margin of defeat came back in the mid-90s, 1994. That was also a 63-14 loss. Ohio State's longest win streak over the Nittany Kittens is the current five-game winning streak. Of course, that started in 2017 and has been running through last year, and we'd like to add one more to that at least and make it six. Penn State's longest win streak over Ohio State, well, that's four. That started back in 1912 and ran through 1964. Obviously, that was when Penn State was not a part of the Big Ten, and Ohio State and Penn State played in some non-conference games over the course of those decades. Ryan Day's record against Penn State is currently at 3-0. James Franklin's record against Ohio State, that's abysmal 1-7 currently. Looking over the last 10 games in the last 10 years, Ohio State is an incredible 9-1 in those 10 games. Again, the only loss coming back in 2016 in State College, 24-21. Uh, they had a four-game winning streak before that, beginning in 2012 through 2015. Of course, the 2017 was the incredible come-from-behind victory in the shoe, 39-38. to 2018's win, well, that was a one-point victory as well in State College, 27-26. to Ryan Day comes on board in 2019. Ohio State won that 28-17. to Ohio State also won 38-25 to in State College two years ago, like we said. And last year's game was 33 33- to 24 in the shoe. <clears throat> Incredibly, Ohio State has is currently on one of the most impressive offensive streaks ever in college football. Ohio State for 68 straight games beginning back in 2017 has scored a has scored 20 points or more consecutively. The record is Oklahoma at 69 games, which went from 2016 through 2021. And if Ohio State scores 20 or more points this weekend against Penn State, they will tie that record that Oklahoma set uh, from 2016 through 2021. Now taking a look at the statistics here going into this game, Ohio State is led in the passing department by quarterback C.J. Stroud. Through seven contests, he's thrown the football for 2,023 yards. He's 133 of 190 attempts, 133 completions. That's a completion percentage of 70%, with an average of 10.6 yards per pass. He's thrown 28 touchdowns to only four interceptions, and he's only been sacked five times. That's a a QB rating of 203.9. In the rushing department, Ohio State is currently led by Mayan Chop Williams. Mayan Williams has rushed the football 74 times for 516 yards. That's an average of 7 yards per pop. His longest is 70 yards, and he has 9 touchdowns on the ground this season. Of course, Ohio State is also aided by super sophomore running back Travion Henderson. He's rushed the football 80 times for 474 yards. That's an average of 5.9 yards per carry. 
His longest is 41 on the season, and he's also added four other rushing touchdowns. Three other Buckeyes also have rushing touchdowns. Freshman running back Dallin Hayden, walk-on running back T.C. Caffey, and wide receiver Emeka Egbuka. And there's one other uh, Ohio State guy. I guess you could call him tight end slash fullback. Mitch Rossi has also ran for a touchdown this season. Unfortunately, T.C. Caffey uh, suffered a season-ending injury, I believe in practice this past week. And they've already moved Chip Trianum back from the running back or from the linebacker uh, room over to the running back room to add more depth at that position. Flipping over to the wide receiver room where sophomore sensation Emeka Egbuka leads the team. He has 735 receiving yards on 41 receptions for an average of 17.9 per uh, per catch. His longest uh, for the season is 69 yards, and he has seven touchdowns. Uh, Joining him is fellow uh, tremendous sophomore Marvin Harrison Jr., who's added 38 receptions for 598 yards on the season for an average of 15.7 yards. His longest is 45, and he has an incredible team-leading 10 touchdowns. Junior Julian Fleming is finally healthy this season and showing great progress. 17 receptions on the year for 327 yards for a 19.2 yards per catch uh, average. His longest was 79 yards, which just happened this past week against Iowa when he caught the sun, if you were paying attention to that quote this week. He's added six touchdowns as well. How about tight end Cade Stover? The senior has 18 catches through seven games for 231 yards, including a leaping uh, catch over and run over a defender for 12.8 yards per catch. 38 is his longest, and he's added two receiving touchdowns as well. Other Buckeyes who've gotten in the end zone this year on a reception include Jaden Ballard, Xavier Johnson, and G. Scott Jr., as well as Mitch Rossi again. Tight end, fullback, he's everything. Those are your statistical leaders for Ohio State. Looking at their overall statistics as a team this season, Ohio State is currently scoring 49.6 points per game. Uh, They've scored a total of 347 points, and they've scored 47 touchdowns in those seven games. They've also added 175 first downs in in, in those seven games, which is just incredible. Their third down percentage is 52.4%, and they are a perfect 9-for-9 on fourth down efficiency this season. Those are some absolute incredible numbers. How about total offensive plays? They've ran uh, ran 471 plays and gained 3,622 yards. That's 517.4 yards per game. How about Penn State statistical leaders? Let's take a look at it. Fifth or sixth year senior, seems like he's been there forever. Sean Big Red Clifford has had 1,400 
and 45 passing yards this season. He's completed 115 balls on 187 attempts. That's a completion percentage of 61.5 and an average of 7.7 yards per pass. He's connected for 13 touchdowns and also thrown three interceptions and has been sacked also five times. Running the football, the Nittany Kittens are led by Nicholas Singleton. Their super freshman has rushed 82 times for 561 yards. That's an average of 6.8 yards per pop. His longest is 70 yards, and he's gotten in the end zone seven times rushing the football. Katrin Allen has also run the football 78 times for 396 yards. That's 5.1 per uh, attempt. 37 yards is his longest run, and he's gotten in on a pass pay dirt four times. Sean Clifford, the quarterback, he's also ran the football quite a bit, 32 times for 141 yards. About half of that came against against Michigan on one run a couple weeks ago. He's averaging 4.4 yards per carry. 62 was the longest. There it was. That's the one against the Wolverines. And he's gotten into pay dirt uh, running the football four times as well. Over in the receiving room, Parker Washington's leading the way. 30 catches for 388 yards. That's 12.9 yards per catch. 43 is his longest, and he's gotten into the end zone one time. Mitchell Tinsley, 28 catches, 340 yards on the season thus far. A 12.1 yards per catch average. 34 yards is his longest. He scored four touchdowns. Big tight end, tight end, Britton Strange, 17 catches, 245 yards, 14.4 yards per catch. 67 is his longest. He has scored four touchdowns. When they get in the red zone, uh, Sean Clifford is looking for Britton Strange or Parker Washington, the big body. Uh, Michael Tinsley seems to be a little bit of another target he likes to look for, maybe from further out. How about running back Nicholas Singleton? He's got five catches, 39 yards. Uh, Not much of a threat in the passing game thus far. As a team, so far this season, Penn State, they are averaging 33.4 points per game. Uh, They have scored a total of 234 points, and they have scored, or they have, uh, yes, scored 31 total touchdowns on the season. They have 145 first downs this year. Their third down efficiency is at 35.23%. And at fourth down, they're 10 of 17 for 58.82% so far this season. They've ran 487 total offensive plays for 2,965 yards, which is an average of 423.6 yards per contest. So those are the team and individual statistics heading into the game this week, Ohio State against Penn State. Let's take a little bit a look at where they're ranking right now and some important statistics within the Big Ten. Right now in the Big Ten, Ohio State is number one in averaging yards per game average, 517.4. They're number one. One Penn State is is se- uh, the seventh in the Big Ten right now at four hundred and twenty three point six. On defense, Ohio State is second in the Big Ten, only giving up two hundred and thirty nine point nine yards per game, while Penn State is ninth, giving up three hundred and seventy three yards per contest. 
Looking at offensive total touchdowns, again, Ohio State's number one with 47. Like we stated earlier, Penn State is sixth at 31. Defensively, Ohio State is fourth in the Big Ten, having only given up 12 touchdowns. By the way, the fighting in line, number one, having only given up five. And you must keep your enemies close. That team up north is second, having only given up 10. Penn State is sixth, two behind us, having given up three more touchdowns this season at 15. All right, looking at uh, some total stats here and defensively, Ohio State has a total. um, Ohio State is number one in the Big Ten, having only given up five sacks as an offensive line unit. Good job there. Penn State, not so good, they're, but they're, they're, they're not too far behind. They are tied for fourth with that team up north having only given up nine. I'm going to make a uh, not-so-obvious, or I guess a very obvious statement. Whoever can get more pressure on the quarterback this week is obviously going to have a larger advantage in this, in this game. Looking uh, at the other side, though, uh, uh, defensively, Ohio State is third in the Big Ten in getting sacks as a defensive unit. They have 19 on the season. Penn State is eighth. They're kind of in the middle of the pack with 15 total sacks this season. Number one, by the way, is that team up north once again with 24. Interceptions. Number one in the Big Ten is actually Wisconsin. Uh, They have 14 interceptions on the season. Ohio State is coming in at 10th right now in the Big Ten. Actually, excuse me, they are tied for 5th. 5 through 10, or they all got 7, and that includes Penn State. So Nebraska, Minnesota, Penn State, Maryland, Iowa, and Ohio State all have 7 interceptions on the season. Uh, That team up north only has 4 so far, and that is good for 13th out of 14 in the Big Ten. So those are your statistical leaders, guys, um, and the stats going into this game. Let's take a look at our score predictions, shall we? Uh, Chris went ahead and submitted me his prediction for this game. He believes Ohio State is going to win big, 49-10. to That is a 39-point win on a spread that I believe is 15 at the moment. I'm a little bit closer to that spread, but I'm still taking the over. I believe Ohio State is going to win 38-17. to I think the defense is much improved. They're going to have a very good game. I do think Penn State is going to get into the end zone. I do think Penn State is going to get a field goal, and I wouldn't be surprised if they get a late touchdown, uh, maybe even against the second string or against a tired Ohio State defensive unit late when it might not matter. But I do believe Ohio State is going to come away with a 21-point win, 38-17, to when the last whistle blows in the fourth quarter about around 3.30 on Saturday. Those are our predictions. Of course, make sure you log on to our Facebook or Twitter pages to after you listen this or tomorrow morning if you listen to this tonight. And uh, make sure you put in the comment section your prediction for an opportunity to win a free OHIO podcast t-shirt from us. First person who can predict the, the score correctly will win a free t-shirt. So make sure you uh, take an opportunity 
to do that. All right, I'm going to take a quick commercial break, and when I come back, I'm going to be joined by my buddy, the Penn State fan himself, Kevin Egan. We're going to talk about this game. We're going to talk about the season Penn State has had. We're going to get his idea of what he thinks is going to happen in this football game, and you're going to catch all of that in just one minute. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. And welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. And I'm now joined by my good friend, former classmate, partner in crime, teammate. I think we played baseball together one year on an all-star team, didn't we? Yeah. 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 City all-star all team. I thought so. Yeah, that was a, that was a good team, man. Gosh, mm -hmm. you, Corby Kuhn, Luke Palmer. Uh, I, I guess I'll add myself into that. Jordan Butler. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jordan. Yeah. Ryan yeah, Kennedy. Ryan yeah. Kennedy. Yeah. Oh, gosh, he could hit a ball a mile. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a good team. Anyways, no one cares about that who's listening to this, but <laughs> what they do care about is the game this Saturday. Um, I'm feeling good. How you feeling? Not good. Oh, but you guys look okay. Let's start. Let's back up. Because I'm assuming how you got here is what happened in Ann Arbor two weeks ago, man. Like, you know me. I'm pulling for you. I love Sean. I hate his team the most. So, mm -hmm. of course, I'm going to root for you and Penn State in that game. Man, that thing just kind of – it was crazy because as bad as you guys played, you were right there. I mean, you had the big <laughs> interceptions. I'm like, how are we winning right now? But I'll take it. <laughs> right? I mean, it was, it was absolutely crazy. You know, Sean Clifford's got the big run. There's the, the, the turnover. And it's just like, I, I don't know how this is possible, but it, somehow it's working. And it was kind of cool. But um, for the first half. But what happened, man? Like, that was just, it seemed like the line of scrimmage was just owned by them. It dominated us. There's nothing else you can say. They just ran the ball right down our throats. Well, I mean, was there was James Franklin just that ill prepared, or is there really that big of a talent gap there between Michigan and you guys? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, okay, but like I mentioned to you before, I think our after our bye week. Uh, under Franklin, I think we're three and seven or three and eight now. I don't know what he does on his bye weeks, but um, yeah, we're just uh, manhand manhandled. What I am glad to actually see, they made some adjustments for the Minnesota game, mm -hmm. and it paid off dividends. Um, our Sam linebacker, usually our third run, uh, linebacker, is a hybrid safety. Sure, they actually against Minnesota put a true linebacker. But uh, moved Curtis Jacobs back to the Sam spot and started Abdul Abdul Carter, the true freshman in the will where um, Jacobs was starting. So we actually had three true linebackers and it paid off dividends. I, I believe even though Mo got 100 yards, it took him 30 carries to get there. Mm -hmm. So I think that adjustment was very positive. That I don't know why the heck they didn't do it in the Michigan game while it was happening. 
Uh, but they made that adjustment. I have a very good feeling we're going to see that against you guys. Yeah, I would. You know, I'm glad you're bringing that since Aaron wasn't able to join. He's he's my X's and O guy. So thank you for adding that. So I'll be looking for that. You know, is it? And I'm assuming you're talking more of like a, a traditional four three. Uh, yeah. uh, front there when you're putting in the three linebackers still uh, still got the four down linemen um so yeah so the second half Michigan dominates they run the ball down your throat they they absolutely dominate the line of scrimmage and then it was like a completely opposite football team last week against Minnesota I mean completely opposite I'm watching this game and I'm I'm going where was this team a week before because I, and I don't think Minnesota's a terrible Big Ten team. I don't think they're as good as I thought they were at the beginning of the season. And obviously, they didn't have Tanner, uh, their quarterback, Tanner, whatever his last name is. But I don't know that that really matters that much, to be honest with you. I think Minnesota's identity is definitely running the football first. Mm-hmm. And even though you, you're right, Mo, it took, you know, Mo did get 100, uh, 100 plus yards. It took them the whole game, and it really never was a factor. Mm-hmm. So defensively, it looks like you figured some things out. Now, what did you change offensively? Was Sean Clifford- actually, it, this actually surprised me, too, because I, I don't know. You've seen us the last few years. Our offense, we just try to run the same stuff over and over. We don't really put any wrinkles in or anything. And going into half, when uh, P.J. Fleck, they were talking to him, he said that Penn State came out in a couple formations that Minnesota hadn't seen, so they weren't ready for it. So that was another positive. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're actually coaching. <laughs> you know, we're actually <laughs> doing something here. So, um, you know, running game still struggled. I think it will struggle against you guys as well. But, um, yeah, Cliff, he – you know, got booed right off the bat, and I wanted to see Aller. I was like, I'm done. I'm like done with Cliff. I want Aller in there, and I wanted him for the rest of the season. See what you know where he gets us and prepare him for the future. But then after he got booed, it seemed like it just motivated him even more, and he he had a good game. Yeah, he was hitting your tight end quite a bit there. Uh, mm-hmm. He had a good game as well, especially in the red zone. I made a note of that here before the commercial. Um, you know, Penn State's interesting to me. Like I told you at the beginning of the season, I felt Penn State's best days are out ahead. I still feel that absolutely. way. They're yeah, very absolutely. young football team. James Franklin is doing a very good job recruiting. There's a lot of talent there in Pennsylvania in the DMV that he can pl- uh, pluck from. Um, he's doing a good job actually going in and recruiting the state of Michigan out of all places. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's intriguing to me as well. But you know, I thought kind of like you, I thought if there was a, a a chance for you guys to lose a couple games early on, the wheels would fall off. He would go young. That hasn't happened. It wasn't pretty in Ann Arbor, but that's been the only hiccup thus far this season. Has has Penn State kind of surprised you this year a little bit as a, as a as a Nittany Lion fan or as we like to call you guys the Nittany Kittens? No, like I told you, I thought we'd win at least nine. You know, I thought nine yeah. games, ten would be positive, would be the most. I thought, um, no, that six and six that you still had, that you know, still bums, <laughs> bothers me a little bit. But there's no way we're gonna lose the next five games in a row. So, um, actually, it's looking like ten and two. 
You know, and I even thought for a while I was really worried about Maryland. I think Maryland is, I think they've kind of hit a wall too. Every single year, Maryland looks good the first three games of the season, four games. They usually knock off a good out-of-conference game, and then they just lay a big old turd in the Big Ten. See, yeah, it seems like they might be hitting a wall offensively, getting banged up. They're, they have no depth is their thing. No. They, yeah, they, they, they have some good talent, yeah, but no depth. So I, I, I thought Maryland would get you. I don't anymore. I think Penn State's going to win that football game. Um, this Saturday, should Ohio State fans be weary of a whiteout noon crowd? I keep you know, hearing it's different at noon than it is. But this is Ohio State, Penn State. I'm sure they're still going to be liquored up by noon, buddy. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not going to be a while. Oh, you froze on me. You still there? I'm here. There you are. I hear you. Yeah, I see you. Okay, go for it. Uh, What were you saying? It's actually not a whiteout. Um, we only do one a year. Uh, this is a stripe out. Oh, my bad. Uh, my bad. So, a stripe out. So, Ooh. <laughs> nothing compares to the whiteout. Everybody can try to duplicate it, but nobody can duplicate the whiteout. Stripe out. Yeah, whatever. Noon is a bummer. Yes, because it definitely. It'll be loud and, you know, it'll be a tough environment, but nothing like the whiteout. So what causes it? Is it just just because it's at night and you're like, oh, we're all going to wear white? And all of a sudden it just it just oh, man, amplifies I out everything? My whiteout shirt. I got one this year. It, does it just amplify everything for you guys for some weird reason? Like, I don't know, man. I, I look forward to it all week and then strap on my white that Saturday and just – you know, get pumped up all all day long and Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey man, I'm wearing white tonight, but it's not in honor of Penn State. Any anyways. Uh, I got a Joe Paul four hundred shirt on. There you go. All right. All right. No, I, I promise no Joe Paul jokes, so I, I got in trouble for that one already. Um uh, you know, I, I I'm I was glad when I heard it was a noon game myself because I just know being an Ohio State fan, our crowd is even better, more hyped at night. And it, it has to do with waiting around all day and, you know, some people getting liquored up. And usually the night games are a little bit more special. You got a better team coming in and things. But how, what are your feelings on, the on like, the Fox Big Noon kickoff? Do you like that or are you still kind of like prime time, baby? That's where this thing should be. I hate Big Noon. Really? I hate it, yeah. It- there's nothing like a night. It, this night games are so much better. And then especially this week, we uh, my daughter's soccer team made the championship, and the time was to be determined. And I'm like, oh my gosh! No, luckily they made it at 10:15, so I can be there, so I can watch, start watching the game at noon. But yeah, I just so I don't like noon games. They are hard to get up for. Um, just even we'll see. I I have a feeling that Ohio State. Coming in on a new, you know, a noon kick on a way, you know, coming in, being in a way, it might take them a little time to get into rhythm. It absolutely well. will. I mean, come on. We remember being 18, 19, 20 years old, man. Like, do you remember playing that JV early game 
what, on like a Saturday. I never it's, played JV. Sorry. Oh, my bad. Oh! oh, excuse me. Someone had to leave and go to Newark Catholic. Oh, my bad. No, I played at Mount Vernon. No. Varsity. So, okay. Well, I'm not, I'm not necessarily – because I didn't play football. You know, I'm talking like basketball, but whatever, whatever sport you want to relate it to. There was – you know, it was different, man. It, it really was. Like getting up early and – your whole time clock and everything was off, and I know a lot of people are traditionalists and they believe college football should be played at noon. I just feel this could be a weird game. I just got a feeling it's going to be kind of weird. It's going to be different. I don't know if it's going to be slow starting for both teams. It's going to be like a like a usually a defense dominated game, and now all of a sudden it, we're scoring points left and right. I, I just got a weird feeling about this game. What's your feeling about the game? As the week has gone, I've slowly gotten a little bit of confidence. That, like you said, Michigan just it broke me. It I'm like, oh my god, that we're gonna get slaughtered by Ohio State as well. But then you know, just going back, actually, the you post on the OHIO podcast. You know, the last ten games that we played, obviously there's only one blue mark in there, but um. You look at the scores. Close. So they're, they're always close. Yes, they um, are. And the last time we got beat that bad by Michigan, too, as well, was in 2016. The last time we won. So. You're feeling hopeful, huh? I'm I'm always hopeful. I To me, it's always my Super Bowl every college football every season Ohio State's the Super Bowl you know for me um to see if we can actually pull it off because we're you know we're everybody in the Big Ten is chasing Ohio State um I think Michigan's up there now um but I don't think we're there we do I think we can win yes are we going to probably not but there's a chance so I know what, during the Michigan game, you and Sean had a bet going on. Sounded like it was a little bit financial there. You doing okay? Did I need to Venmo you? <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, he just went through a hurricane, but the guy could probably use a little bit, you know. So you know, uh, good on you, man. But uh, I don't, I don't, I don't anticipate us doing money. But Aaron's not here, so we can't pull him in on this. Our bet is going to be that I get to pick, or you get to pick for me, our Facebook profile picture for uh, for a week. Are yeah, you ready fine. for this? That's fine. Okay, I'm just Especially making sure. If I if I have to do it, I'm pretty sure my Facebook page will end up exploding because you know every time I post, I post. You know, I know what you post, <laughs> and. Yeah, and I it just, they just get it's I think it's funny. Like it is one funny. I just posted yesterday, people are just going off, you know, just, oh, it's all high state stuff. So if I actually have to do something on high state, yeah, people will love it. You know. All right. Well, the other one I just posted, it's my favorite of all time. It's Brutus being kidnapped. It's awesome. <laughs> so here here's the deal, man. I know you're in real estate. I would never do anything to Hurt your business, my man. If anything, it will help your business. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, but I can't. I I don't want to know what you're gonna do to me. That's for sure. So I don't want to see that happen. All right, give me a score prediction of the game, Kevin. What do you think? I think I settled on uh, thirty-seven to twenty-three. Okay, Ohio State. Oh, Ohio State, 37-23. That's pretty close to me. I actually have 38-17. That's a 21-point game. I think, you know, I I think Penn State's going to score a touchdown and get a field goal offensively, probably a late touchdown. Um, I like our defense this year. Our defense so far this season has played extremely well. There have been some times our offense has kind of, you know, I've scratched my head. Even last week against Iowa, we only got 66 yards rushing the entire game. Like, what is that? And I came on Sunday night. I don't know if you listened to the podcast. I came on Sunday night, and that's not good enough. That's not going to beat Michigan. That's not going to win a national championship. That's not what we've been preaching about or, or what Ryan Day has been preaching about all offseason, about being a physical team, winning the line of scrimmage, running the, the football down people's throat. That's, that is still a finesse offense if you can only rush the football 66 times. There is going to be in this football game a renewed sense of we have got to run the football. If we can establish the line of scrimmage and we can run the football against you guys, it's going to be a long day for you. If you stop the run, I'm a little worried. I'm not going to lie because that makes us completely one-dimensional offensively, and I know your defensive backfield, pretty doggone good. As I said, we are going to force you to try to run the ball on us. Our DBs are our strength over defense. Yeah, so I honestly think – Granted, your wide receivers are, you know, you got 38 five-star wide receivers on your team. Um, I think our defensive, uh, our secondary, I think, can hold up against your wide receivers. And if you, we're going to try to force you to beat us by running the ball. Oh, well, I, I think that's, I think that's going to be the game plan. I really do. I think they're going to start, come out and try to establish the line of scrimmage, run the football because if we can't do it, if we can't run the football, then we're not going to beat Michigan. We're not going to win a national championship. We're just not. You can't do it. You cannot win a national championship being the Texas Tech of the Midwest offensively. And they know that. And so mm-hmm. I, I just feel that there's going to be a renewed sense of being very physical uh, in this football game. And so if if the first by the end of the first quarter, I think we're going to know. Are we in for a dogfight because we can't run the football and this thing's going to come down to the wire? Or are we able to run the football and we can kind of have our way offensively? I think by the end of the first quarter, we're going to know. So I'm I'm crossing my fingers. I'm being like you. I'm going to be positive with my football team and say OSU 38, Penn State 17. But, you know, it's going to be fun. This is a This is always, in my opinion, I remember I remember these football games back in the 90s, man. They were some crazy games. Yeah, Kajana Carter, I think he might have just scored again on us, believe it or not. My all-time favorite player. 30 years later, he's still still killing us. You know, and then we flipped the script a couple, you know, we flipped the script and we, you know, Eddie George does the same thing. And it was, those were some, those were some really good games, man. Those were, those were a lot of fun. And so they are always close. Like you said, it is a, it's a really good rivalry. You know, 
it, it still boggles my mind how Penn State looks at us as you look at us as as your big rival. Um, I know we're, you are where we want to be. You okay. Know what I mean? I'll take that. I mean, not everybody wants to be me, but you know, <laughs> I'll take that buddy. All right, man. So this is a big weekend, dude. Big game. Let's do some fun things here. Cause just you and me, I got you for a couple more minutes. That all right. Yeah, fine. Cool. Let's talk about, um, and I'm going to pull it up here on my screen here. Let's talk about the Big Ten power rankings. You've been doing this for with us for a couple years now. You've mm-hmm. been doing something. I gotta. Are you doing this just to irritate me? You no, have I'm picked. doing this because they were the league champions and they have not done anything to lose that spot. So you are you are picking Michigan number one, and and you're not the only person who has that philosophy, by the way. Right. Um. There have been a couple people who are picking Michigan number one, Ohio State number two. You've been consistent about that all season. Do you believe? And and this and you're not going to hurt my feelings one way or other. Maybe Sean's. I know he's sensitive. Do you believe they have the better team right now, or are you only doing that simply because they won it last year and haven't been beaten in the Big Ten yet? I believe your game will get it's fifty fifty. On who can win your game at the end of the year. You think it's that close? Flip a coin. Yeah. Well, who has the best win right now? No, that'd be that would be the team up north over you guys in the Big Ten right. so far. I, I'm not gonna I'm not right. gonna deny That's that. That's what I'm saying. Right now, as of right now, who has the best win? That might change in about, you know. 48 Good. hours, but, um, right. <laughs> but you know, yeah, I agree with that. So you simply think it's a 50, 50, they've got the best win. That's why I've been voting them. Number one, they haven't lost yet. They were the big 10 champions. Correct. Okay. You have had Ohio state two basically all year. You mm-hmm. have been consistent putting Penn state three. I've had I, them all over. No, I, I've had them all over. Oh, well, that's I. You're right. I take that back. But yeah, I've had as as low as six, I think, and as high as three. Okay, they're climbing again after their big win over over Minnesota. They sit fourth currently. In your wildest dreams, would you ever believe there's a day when Illinois is right now third in our Big Ten power rankings? This blow that blows my ever loving mind. The the Big Ten West absolutely makes me sick. It's mm-hmm. disgusting. As a Penn State fan and as a Ohio State fan, let's just do hypotheticals. Let's say Michigan does beat us, and they get to go to Indianapolis and play Illinois for the Big Ten. And we're sitting at home, dude, watching mm-hmm. this crap. It blows my ever-loving mind. I can't even comprehend that right now, that that would even be a thing. Did uh, you it, think – It will end in 2024. Thankfully, thankfully, yeah. I mean, I I'm I like divisions, but not when it's like this, man. Like, mm-hmm. how oh, bad, yeah. how bad outside of Ohio State, Michigan right now, and I'll throw Penn State in there. You got one loss. How bad is the Big Ten, dude? Right now, you got two. <laughs> here we go. James Franklin speak. We got two elite teams. I'd say. One great team, and then everybody else is mediocre. 
It's bad, dude. Mm-hmm. It's bad. We ran through a week ago the teams in the American Conference who are better than the bottom half of the Big Ten. And we came up with five. <laughs> That's five teams in the American Conference that I would I would say are better than the bottom half of the Big Ten. Here's our Big Ten power rankings for week nine, everybody. Kevin and I are going to react to these. Number one is Ohio State. Number two is Michigan. Number three is Illinois. Number four is Penn State. Number five is Maryland. Climbing all the way back up into the top seven at number six is Wisconsin off their big win. Purdue, coming off a bad loss to Wisconsin, is now number seven. Your top half of the Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan, Illinois, Penn State, um, excuse me, Maryland, Wisconsin, Purdue. Kevin, that's, I mean, (laughs) I don't even know how to react to this, dude. Like, Wisconsin fired their coach, and they are the sixth best team in the Big Ten in our power rankings. You dumped all over Maryland earlier. They are the fifth best team in our power rankings. I have them at five. I'm looking at mine right now. This is unbelievable, dude. Like, look at the bottom half real fast. Number number eight, Minnesota. Number nine, Michigan State. Number 10, Iowa. The 10th best team in the Big Ten can't even score a freaking offensive touchdown. That's true. 11th is Rutgers. 12th is the is Nebraska, who's on like, I don't know what, their third coach this season. I don't even know. Indiana 13th, Northwestern 14th. Oh my gosh. I I don't even know what to even I, it's so depressing. Like the Big Ten's gonna get absolutely waxed in bowl season, dude. You wanna hear something inter- interesting I discovered yesterday? Is- Go for it. If there's a three-way tie, say we beat you, you guys beat Michigan. So we're all 11-1. and Three-way tie. The tiebreaker is the winning percentage of the teams that you played in the Big Ten West. What? Yes. And right now, Michigan holds the edge because you and us both play Northwestern. So it just it depends on what teams you played in the West and how who's the least crappiest. Oh, I don't even want to I don't even want to comprehend that. That's that's so bad. It's so bad. I don't, I'm just gonna shut down this graphic and I and, and wish to God next year that's better because I I can't even handle it anymore. And I, you would think there's some good coaches on that side too. And sure. They just that. I don't know. Obviously, that none of them recruit very well. That might be the you know that's probably the issue. But there are some good coaches on that side. I just there's not good. All right. So every week uh, we also do our big game predictions, Kevin. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold your feet oh. to the fire here as well. We've got four of them. Four games outside of the Big Ten that are pretty good games. You have um, unranked Notre Dame, who's going on the road to take on the 16th-ranked Syracuse Orangemen, who are coming off their first loss of the season. Chris predicts Syracuse. I don't have Aaron's predictions yet, but Chris predicts Syracuse. I'm going with Notre Dame. Who are you going with? Where are they at? It's at Syracuse. I think Notre Dame is three and four or four. No, four and three. Yeah. I've watched some of Syracuse games. Um, 
believe it or not. I, I, I watch, I, I do a lot of channel surfing between games if it's not a Penn State game. Um, and the only Notre Dame I saw was against you guys. Um, I'm going to say Notre Dame. Yeah, I went Notre Dame as well. I think Notre Dame is very like um, bipolar. One week they can't they can't move the ball. The next week they scored forty some points against North Carolina, and that's been North Carolina's only loss. So I don't understand how that's North Carolina's only loss either. Because wow, yeah, they trash defense. Against, yeah, trash defense, especially against FCS teams that they struggled with at the beginning <laughs> of the year. AC, uh, that's the ACC baby. That's how they roll. Number nine, Oklahoma State, who uh, won a big one last week. They go on the road to take on upstart K-State, Kansas State, who's played pretty well this season, who's ranked 22nd. Oklahoma State is favored on the road, I think, by less than a touchdown here. Chris went with the Cowboys. I'm also going Oklahoma State. What do you think? I'd go Oklahoma State and giving up the points on that one. All right, and uh, the now the uh, let's go down to the SEC. Number 19th ranked Kentucky goes to Knoxville to take on everybody's media and the media darling right now, Tennessee. They're ranked third. Tennessee's favored by I think a couple, uh, like like 10 or 11 points here, I believe. Uh, Kentucky's got your favorite quarterback. I don't know if he's healthy or not, or if he's still injured. But I was just gonna ask you a question about that since. You guys still kind of claim Joe Burrow as being a first-round quarterback. When <laughs> Levis gives him the first round, do we claim him or do does Kentucky? I you know, that. I argue with Ohio State fans that we shouldn't be claiming Joe Burrow. The reason why you see so many fans do that is twofold. Number one, we haven't had an NFL quarterback that's been successful. It, it It's just the truth. As much as I hate to say it, and as much as Sean loves to throw that in my face, we haven't. And so to see one who was on, you know, on your team go to the NFL and go all the way Super Bowl, there's a lot of fans that, you know, hey, he's one of us. He also graduated from Ohio State, too. He's a graduate of Ohio State before he went down to LSU. But I don't he's 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 a he's an LSU Tiger, man. Let's face it. Yeah, that's he why is. I say Levis is a Kentucky Wildcat. We use him as a, basically a running quarterback. That's all we did. Yep. You know, so. I'm going Tennessee in this game. Chris has got Tennessee as well. What do you think? Tennessee. Number 15th ranked Ole Miss goes on the road to the 12th man, Texas A&M, who's unranked. But, man, you want to talk about a team that's done some crazy stuff this year. They're hot and cold, too. Um, Ole Miss is favored on the road here. Chris went with Ole Miss. I'm taking the upset and taking Texas A&M in this one. What do you think? I'm taking Ole Miss. Ole Miss for you there. So you yeah. picked uh, you picked three road road teams: Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, and Texas, uh, you picked Tennessee's well, a home team. Texas A&M is just it's a dumpster fire right now. They they probably spent a hundred million dollars in recruiting last year on all their recruits, <laughs> but. Uh, they just suspended what four or five kids for some. Uh, there's rumors that was a fight in the locker room, or they're smoking something they weren't supposed to in the locker room and stuff. And when you have that type of stuff going on in the locker room, either way, that, that they're done. You know, it's you can't gel when you have that kind of crap going on in the locker room. I know, uh, I agree, but it's gonna. I'll I'll be I'll be Mr. Optimism. It's gonna. Just galvanize this team this week. 
<laughs> refocus themselves, you know. Go Aggies, all right? I got I to gotta make up a game against Chris somewhere. So that's one I'm choosing. That one, and he chose Syracuse, so I went Notre Dame. So I felt those were the safe bets maybe to – to make yes, up I, think that, Chris. I think the Syracuse Notre Dame is going to be the most interesting. Yeah, that, yeah. I, 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 well, I, I would not sleep on Kentucky, man. I, Kentucky's got a, they've got a little bit of a big game feel to them, you know, when they, when they take on a team and they're kind of backs up against the wall and they get some momentum going. I mean, they absolutely dismantled Florida. Now I understand Florida's a trash team, but at the time, you know how everybody in the SEC and the media was with Florida. And then, you know, they had some injuries that kind of set them back a little bit, but I think Kentucky can give Tennessee a little bit of run for their money. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Kentucky's like led the series lately against them. Um, well, probably everybody is because they were they weren't very good. <laughs> so actually, honestly, to tell you, I the only Tennessee I've seen this year is the end of the Alabama game. And that was an incredible uh, end of game to watch, man. That that mm. that that was a lot of fun. Oh, by the way, just a little side note: Did you know if you go on Google Earth, Google Maps, you can find the goalpost in the Tennessee River? They actually, <laughs> they actually have it pointed out to you. It's still in the Tennessee River. Yeah. Yeah, uh, pretty, pretty neat little thing there. Hey, Kevin, it's been a lot of fun, man. Appreciate you joining me this evening and filling in for Aaron and Chris and just kind of catching up with you, buddy. Enjoy the game this weekend. Have fun. Win, lose or draw. I'm glad you're my friend. I'm glad you're you know, we, we had a good childhood together. But for about four hours, dude, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> you're my favorite Buckeye fan. <laughs> I'll take yeah. it, man. I'll take it. All right, brother. Enjoy the game, man. Have a lot of fun and get ready to change that profile picture. Don't come back. Nothing. Just going to nope. take it on the chin. All right. Be kind to one another. I have someone's OH. Sing Carbon High with all your heart. Come on, Kevin. You can do it. OH! We are! Oh. <laughs> Enjoy the game, everybody. Have a good weekend. Oh, come, let's sing, oh, highest praise and songs through Amaterain. While our hearts rebounding thrill and joy which death alone can still summer's heat or winter's cold the seasons pass the years will roll time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship oh hi yo oh.